Welcome back to the Annapurnaverse. I'm Alex. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Billy. Hi, I'm here causing chaos once again. As always. And joining us this week, our special guest is the wonderful Claire. How are you doing today? Hello. Uh, I'm trying not to laugh at the chaos that is being caused by your co-host. You know, everything that happened before this point, nobody will ever hear. So nobody needs to know. <laughs> this is what I mean. People don't realise that when we say it actually is chaotic to do this, it doesn't sound it when it's done. But to get to this point, it takes is a lot. Some kind of chaos. <laughs> it takes a lot. A lot of pleading and begging. So this week we're talking about one of my all-time favourite films. It's easily in my top five, if not if I. If I'm being a bit more cynical, then maybe top 10. It is David O. Russell's American Hustle. Wait, I knew you liked it, but I didn't know you liked it that much. Truly, it's the film that I saw. Like his first, not his first film, but like the first film in this kind of like trio of films, Silver Linings. I saw it and that made me severely interested in film. But seeing American Hustle made me interested in directing. So it's like a very special thing that i like hold close to me I see. what's the third film in that is it i'd say joy joy yeah okay. it's like the jennifer lawrence trilogy <laughs> and joy we will be covering at some point in the future because yeah. that is another which is another film. like very impactful so much so i wrote a whole piece about it <laughs> for film stories um so i need to know i need to know right now because i'm sick of not knowing alex did you enjoy the film <laughs> Um, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Claire? Yeah, I'm, I really hoped, I saw it at the cinema and I did, I love Silver Linings Playbook, but I did not rate American Hustle when I saw it. And I hoped with some hindsight and a rewatch, I'd be able to appreciate it as a different film. And it was still, it was still a no for me. <laughs> I feel like this is the first time this has happened. We haven't had a, a film that we've not liked so far. Like Detroit last week was a bit like we could crit- we could like critically talk about it. Talk about it. But I feel like this is the first time we've had a guest come on and been like, no. I mean, I said I'd come on before I knew what the film was. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We kind of coerced her to get to this point. So. Yeah. But it was I was interested actually because it is a film that lots of people like yourself love and I remember being really excited for it and having loved Silver Linings Playbook and loved the cast I remember leaving the cinema and being like that was such a disappointment that I've never wanted to re-watch it so it was nice to have a reason to re-watch it and I can like I don't hate it there's plenty of positives to talk about which I'm sure we will so you don't worry Billy um <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was nice to have an opportunity to go back. Unfortunately, I didn't enjoy it as much as I'd hoped the second time either, but I could appreciate certain aspects. Um, well, that's a point, a relevant point that we should make is, so Claire, you first saw it when it first came out, right, in cinema. Mm-hmm. Alex, 
Would you like to tell everyone when you first watched this? When I first watched this, uh, as of the time of recording, I watched American Hustle maybe five hours ago for the first time. (laughs) And the first time I saw it, yeah, it was also in cinema when it literally first came out. I think it was like November 2013 here. Mm, That sounds right. That's a long time ago. Wow. It it really is. It's one of, it must be one of their first films. If they, yeah. if they launched in 2010, it's in like their first like bubble of yeah of bringing things into the world. Okay, well, now that I understand where I'm at and how many people I'm in a fight with, <laughs> um, I guess we should talk about, let's, let's talk about the bad things first so we can move them out of the way <laughs> and then get onto like everything that we really like about it. So Claire, what's, what disappointed you? Okay, so there's one serious thing and one unserious thing. So I'll start okay. with the unserious thing. <laughs> All right. And the minute the minute it came on screen, I was like, oh god, I forgot about this. Why does Jeremy Renner look like the mayor from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I never thought about it, it like that. Wait. It is the only thing I can see when he is on screen. It's wait, what the only first? thing? What came Cloudy. First? Okay, well, there you go. You know where David Russell got the design from. Oh my god, it's genuinely. I I can't watch the film and not see it. And the whole every he came on screen, and I was like, my whole like muscle memory was like, oh yeah. I'm just sending, just so we know, I'm just sending a picture into the Twitter chat for us all to see. (laughs) Oh, I guess kinda. Yeah, that's like, that is an animated Jeremy Renner there. Yep. Well, we're on to you, David Russell. We know where you got your costume design from. <laughs> um, so yes, that's that's one that I just it, it's such a distraction. For I the can't film. say that's one of the first things I thought was like because mm. I, I didn't really think ever about making that connection. Yeah, it's just I. I mean, I really like Cloudy with Chance of Meatballs. It was a proper comfort movie when I was at uni, so I've seen it a lot. And yeah, it just every time he came on screen, I just imagined him really fat in a wheelchair trying to eat a giant pizza. <laughs> oh no! So yeah, very distracting. Um, okay, but more serious. serious. For me, it's the story. Um, I just don't care about this story at all. At any point in the film it just doesn't work for me at all and it is a problem that for me film is obviously so much more than story but Mm -hmm. for me if you don't have me with the story you've lost me it doesn't matter how amazing acted or beautiful it is if I don't like the story I'm completely uninvested and I'm not going to enjoy and I just never cared about what they were doing why they were doing it or what was happening to them I just it was too convoluted I agree with Claire hmm. on that one. I think the main the the so this is this is what I was this this was my thought process when I turned the film on. So the first thing that you see is all of the logos and then it fades to black and then the first thing that comes up on the screen are the words some of this happened. Or hmm. along those lines. It's <laughs> yeah. basically like David or Russell's version of this is based off a true story basically. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw it written like that, I just went, I know I'm not going to like it. <laughs> you had a prejudgment. 
But it just it just seemed overly pretentious and like their way of going, well, we've used a bunch of creative license, but it is still based off a true story. I just didn't really feel... And then as the film went on, it became more and more clear why they used that wording at the beginning of the movie. And yeah, I agree with Claire on the fact that I think the main problem is the story. Okay, I give it to you. I like. I will kind of allow that <laughs> as 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 I am judge of this episode. I will. <laughs> I will allow. Um, I kind of see what you both mean. Like, I do think if we're if we're picking apart the things that, like, if we're putting it into categories, then I say the story is definitely like the weakest part of it. But I think that everything else is so good that I'm so willing to get lost inside of it and just like run with the craziness I, I can see that but for me if if I'm willing to sacrifice the story to get absorbed I really need it to be shorter because that's a lot of sitting not caring like I don't want to be that person that's like boo long films because a well-made long film is a brilliant film but the runtime on this to me felt so excessive to the point that when De Niro finally turns up <laughs> I was like oh my god I just wanted to end I'm sorry De Niro I'm excited you're here but like I'm, <laughs> I'm done <excited>. I'm <laughs> bored I want to turn this off it just it was yeah can we also talk about the fact that De Niro isn't even credited in the film like oh, as being in the film the only the only yeah, I think it was like an uncredited yeah. role because he's there for like less than a two yeah, minutes yeah the right? only um the only thing that is alludes to a credit towards him is a uh, costumer to Robert De Niro, to Mr. De Niro. Oh, oh interesting. Hmm. Well, okay. So is there anything else, Alex, for you that just didn't work, didn't fit? I think along with the story, again, and I mean, that probably comes part and parcel in it, but I, like uh, Claire said, did not care about any of the characters. Like I, I just, it just, yeah. I, what am I bothered? What happens to them at the end? Not, not really. Like, was I, was I ever bothered? Was, were there any stakes for me? No, not really. It just always felt like it didn't come close enough to making me care about them. Just, yeah. That's really interesting because they. I'm pretty sure every role supporting and lead was nominated. I don't. But I like. I started that off with the like. I don't care about the characters, and I. I don't. I've watched it twice. I couldn't care less what happens to Amy Adams' character, but that doesn't mean that Amy Adams doesn't give a really good performance. I was very impressed with her in the film. Mm. It was the writing of her character, not the performance of her character, that didn't intrigue me. I could tell That's when she was angry. I could tell when she was sad. I loved her accent. Why is Amy Adams not British in more things? Um, <laughs> or English or London or whatever. But I just, there were no stakes, as Alex said. I just, I was like, she started off the film kind of interested in this guy with, you know, an okay life. And she ended the film interested in this guy with an okay life. And I know we're meant to, you know, if we do the mountain, the story arc, you're meant to return to normal at the end of a story. But I just, 
I don't know. There never felt any sense of danger. If she didn't end up with Christian Bale, she was going to end up with... Um, oh, my God. Why have I forgotten his name? Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Thank you. All I could think of was Rocket Raccoon because I watched Avengers last night and I always forget <laughs> he voices Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> okay, not quite Rocket. Could you imagine him in the... Let's swap out. Would that would that be more interesting for you? We swapped out. I mean, it would just because I Park. really love Rocket Raccoon, so I'm happy to see him in any movie. We made him the raccoon guy. Okay. Well, I find that really interesting because not only so Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, Amy Adams, and Christian Bale all nominated alongside the screenplay. It had ten nominations at the Oscars and didn't win a single one of them. Yeah. So um, I kind of see the whole like debate there but i respectfully disagree i <laughs> so what do you love about the story then i'll let alex throw in his two cents <laughs> i can't fault the cast at all like the cast is literally phenomenal even down to robert mm-hmm. de niro for that little two seconds i thought um michael Pena's character as well was very funny very um very silly short role as well i quite quite enjoyed that but yeah mm. all of them are, are really really great yeah, I think for me, like, where you don't like the script, I I love it for its, as you kind of said at the beginning, pretentiousness. Because it's, it's not pretentious where it's the point that it's talking down to its audience. I think it's aware of its tone in the sense that, like, I've heard in, in interviews he describes it as an opera and it's supposed to be this grand thing. And you can tell just from the way that the camera is used, from the way the costume is, from the way that the whole aesthetic is, like, it is meant to be this kind of grand operatic thing that we just that you have I think it is one of those things if it doesn't have you at the beginning it's not going to have you at all because for me the strongest part of the film is the opening Mm. do you feel that or do you hate (laughs) I it didn't have me I again like I I can't I can't tell you I can't say it's bad because of this because I don't think it's a bad film it just I don't think it's a good film and that is personal preference it just never had me and like you say if it doesn't have you at the beginning if you're not invested in Amy Adams character and Kristen Bale's character and where they come from and what they're planning and you don't I you know even the setup where you get it and then it flashes back at no point was I interested yeah well it's interesting because obviously the film starts in the middle mm-hmm. and then retre- retreats back so do we think a better decision would have been to have literally just gone along the whole ride. That's a longer movie. No, first of all. I, don't, I don't think so. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that would have changed anything for me. No. It was just I, simply like the whole. I wonder if, again, this is a personal preference. I've noticed I tend to enjoy ensemble films less than I enjoy a specific character study. So I wonder for me if we'd have been able to focus in more specifically on one or two of the characters Mm. rather than on the whole ensemble. Like Jennifer Lawrence is good. I think she could be the technically the only one I would fault in the film just because I think she's slightly miscast. I think she is too young, but I think that she does a great job in it. I just never buy that her and Christian Bale had any form of romance. I know that they're at the end of their relationship, but I just never bought in that there could have ever been a relationship between them. But she's very good in it. Um, but I could have done without her. Much as she's great and she has that brilliant scene where she's cleaning to the music. <laughs> <Living like that. laughs> yeah, it's Iconic. a brilliant it's a brilliant scene. 
But for me, did it add anything to the actual story? No, it detracted. It it took away from the momentum. I could have easily lost her character and felt like the story was the same. So I think maybe I wanted a more in-depth focus on someone. But the best part is watching them all interact. Like, the way that... Not, like, they're so misplaced. Like, none of them make sense to have crossed paths at any point, realistically. Yeah. They are all these, like, strange, weird, and wonderful people who have, like... And I think that that's, that's what I like visually about it, is it looks mm. bizarre. Like, just from Christian Bell doing his, like, weird comb-over at the beginning. <laughs> and, like, being so particular about it, being so serious about it. And it, it's, like... I've heard him say this before in interviews, but it's that it's the building of layers. And every time you put on a new layer, you just get more confused because you're getting further away from the truth. Mm. And that's like the yeah. point of it. I think I do disagree with Claire a little bit on the on the characters <laughs> in the sense that I I do feel, or at least from my perspective, that each character had a moment in the film, but it just didn't feel like it went further than that moment, which I would have loved to go like, like Claire said, a bit more in depth, but I do still feel like each character kind of, you know, they, they had the time to play. They had the time to do, mm-hmm. you know, what they wanted to do. And it was effective in certain points, as Claire said, when uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character is uh, lip syncing to live and let die in front of the child uh, cleaning the house. <laughs> You know, some RuPaul's Drag Race queens are quaking in their boots at that thing. <laughs> <laughs> they could never. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just think it could have been, it could have focused in more. Okay, what would you have liked it to focus in more? Like in the individual lives of the characters or like something else? Yeah, I think the cat... Because if you focus more on the characters than the story, you become more attached to the story. You become more attached mm. to where these characters are going to end up. Whereas, you know, only getting kind of the surface level, you know, treatment for all of them. That's why you be- you come out of the film going, ah, well, not, not really that bothered. It's really, it's like, it's really interesting to hear you say like surface level for them. Because I, I don't feel that at all. Like, I don't think that there's like an ensemble cast that I can think of where like, I mean, there, there's like quite a lot more recently, like one of the other Annapurna films, like Hustlers and things, is that even though there are so many of them, I believe every single one of them. Like, I believe all of their like realised. So I don't not believe them, but it's interesting. I, I, I adore Hustlers. It's, it's been made clear outside of this podcast. I'm a big <laughs> Hustlers fan. Um, but it's funny that you call that an ensemble film because whilst Hustlers has a brilliant cast, to me, that isn't an ensemble film. That is the film of one person, which is the the woman telling her story, and then the other people, the cast of characters around her. Even J Lo is a supporting actress in that film, mm. and so I think that's why I engage in it because we're viewing it from one person's eyes. What didn't work for me in this film, which is one hundred percent what would have worked probably for you, Billy, and for other people, is that there is no one lead. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm traditional. I'm, I'm set in my ways. I want <laughs> one narrator. I want to view the world through that one narrator's eyes. And we have different narration throughout the film. And for me, that always puts me a little bit on the back foot because I'm like, who am I rooting for? Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And I I like black and white film, like not in 
visual but in style <laughs> like i like my world black and white i want to know who's good who's bad who's my hero who's my villain and this was too much it was like everyone's good but everyone's bad and it's everyone's story that's and my f- favorite part about it though and like yeah i completely get why for someone else that would work so well which is why i don't say it's a bad film it just doesn't work for me i just i love that though and i love this about all of david o russell's films is that he is so objective with his own and like you can so tell when writers write and they're like judging their characters and they're like this person does drugs therefore they are bad this person has cheated on his wife and he is also bad but like (laughs) David O. Russell does not do that for his characters and I think that like there's something so important to be said about taking objectivity of your characters and being like they've done some terrible things but guess what like they're also really troubled or they've been through all of hmm. this and they and they got to this point and and I feel that about Amy Adams I feel that about Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley like with in in somebody else's hands I think we would hate every single one of them hmm. but I just don't I love all of them but I don't I don't hate them but it's interesting because like think of David O. Russell in Silver Linings Playbook he gives a lot yeah. of nuance to those characters and they uh-huh. all have really good and bad traits that works for me and I think it's again because I'm never viewing them as Claire I'm viewing I can't remember anyone's name today but I'm viewing it as Bradley Cooper's character in (laughs) Silver Linings Playbook so I am viewing all of I'm viewing Robert De Niro as his dad as his dad not as this random character whereas I find an American Hustle because I don't know who my you know proxy for the audience member is I never know whose side and maybe I just maybe I didn't want to think maybe I didn't want to weigh up people (laughs) but like I'm never sure is Bradley Cooper a good guy in this or a bad guy in this is he doing the right thing or the wrong thing I've watched it twice I honestly still don't know what he was even trying to achieve (laughs) he's just he's just vibing just living his richie (laughs) tiny hair curler life (laughs) I think I think he he is the only character that I was whole, like wholly confused by. Um, and Fun also, fact, he was at one point gonna be Christian Bale's character. Ah, okay, Ooh. interesting. Because Christian Bale couldn't do it, and then um, Jeremy Renner was gonna be Bradley Cooper's character. Oh, oh no! And then no. they had to shift everyone back because Christian Bale Christian came back Bale to the project. Came into I'd, it. I'd be happy with Bradley Cooper being Christian Bale's character. It'd be different. I don't know if it'd work or not. I would not be happy with Jeremy Renner being Bradley Cooper's character. <laughs> I, I think, think it'd you. be interesting. It'd be so different. I don't. I can't imagine Jeremy Renner in that role. Actually, mm. thinking about it, Jeremy Renner. I think this is a this is a thing like that goes back to the cast. But I feel like every actor fits into their role perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I did wonder, because obviously he'd worked with a number of the cast before, did he write some of these roles specifically Mm. for them? Mm. I think he did know that he was going to have... I think when he was... I think when he was doing Silver Linings, he was in talks with Christian Bale about this. Mm. So I think he did know roughly who... And because, like, I think, yeah, everyone that he... Who was in that... Who was in American Hustle he has worked with before. So I think he must have been like, I'm writing this thing and and you're the thing. I mean, can we talk about some of the things I did like? Yeah, we would uh, like to get uh, on let's, to Let's go on to positives. Um, right, I'm ready for this. I absolutely loved the music. Oh, yes. so good. The soundtrack is my favourite part. 
so good so good like every time a different song came on like the needle drops i was just like yes yes which is why like i can see why you do like it so much billy because i was like visually and or auditory (laughs) 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 i'm very tired um i can i can vibe with it so much it looks like a smoky cool bar and it sounds like a cool bar i just wish i wasn't in the bar with these people but like (laughs) that music is brilliant yeah the time period is just undisputed gold it's really great like the costumes Mm that yeah like the the sets just everything like you said the music is just all wonderful and with any other story attached to it i feel like i'd absolutely adore it but the thing is with the music is like it's so personal to him like the i love films when it's it is directed like you know who made that film because it looks like their hand and like the music is so part of his vision that like with it just wouldn't fit anywhere else because it's his like it belongs to him and he put it there and like with the Duke Ellington like that's something that he connected with and he gave it to the characters and it's like he gives it like his direction his style is that he'll give things like music and and things to to that to his actors like I think photos costume stuff like that something so they can live inside the world for so long and I think that the music is so much part of that that without it I don't I feel like it actually holds it's like the glue well Mm. I would agree with that because I do feel like and this happens with any film anyway I do feel like I knew what the tone of the scene and what I was meant to be feeling through the music I think just through the story at no point I knew when stakes were up when stakes were down but the music told me yeah, I, 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 going back to... I feel like this is my favourite scene of the film where Jennifer Lawrence is lip-syncing to, to Live and Let Die. But I really <laughs> felt scene. the whole, like, drop-your-man emotion uh, that <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence was feeling in that moment. Uh, her I kind love of, that. It's, it's, yeah. I th- Drop your man. I think, yeah. The music is, is so good. Okay, can we have some praise for the music? What's everyone... I mean, Alex, you just said, but Claire, what's your favourite music moment? I don't really know, but in my notes, I just called it. I was like, the music is lovely. It's such a swish and slinky film. (laughs) Love that. So I think I was just there for the whole experience of the music rather than like one particular... Because it was just while I was watching it, every time I felt like I was starting to get a bit like, oh, I'd be like, oh, that's a great song. Oh, what a a changing tone. And so it it kept me afloat. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to turn my nose up at a Goodbye Yellow Brick Road needle drop. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's that's my fake. Thank you. That's the the one. You came out of the smoke. Oh, my God. That's the one. Okay, yeah. To be honest, (laughs) that, yeah. I I just love the film has this frenetic energy that not a lot of films do have and obviously that's down to David Russell's direction um and then you get these really kind of cool swish moments like when they were all you know walking out of the smoke and stuff like that mm. um and it works so well it just does like it just makes it makes sense because I, I think that about a lot of films is sometimes they'll put music in as a placeholder and it doesn't make so much sense and it's like you can tell that they just really wanted that or they couldn't afford another song so they had to put mm-hmm. this one in but like I don't know it's just it is its own character in the way that the camera is its own character and that's what I love about every part like every department 
the costume's its own character, the hair's its own character. Like, I don't know. I just want to. I want to live inside of that world. I want to know what they. I want to see what they do next. I do wonder if that is also, though, for me, part of its downfall because. I like I'm looking back at my notes that are in front of me and I've written it's too stylistic I think it's gorgeous looking and it sounds great but there's like every shot is this gorgeous you know zoom or pan and everything is this fancy editing that I'm always watching the piece of art and I'm never in the film mm. does that make I sense I can see that I think that's a valid criticism i think that's actually i know that it's got like 93 percent on rotten tomatoes Mm. i think but i think that that has been a common criticism is is like below below the way it looks is there is there more to be Mm -hmm. to be achieved and it's such a shame because it is gorgeous just even the like the golden tone of the whole film that kind of color grading it's gorgeous it's so nice but yeah, I just at one point was like, okay, that's a really good shot. Oh, that's a really gorgeous shot. Oh, that's a really gorgeous shot. But I had lost track of what any of the shots actually meant. I don't know if that's because I'm watching it analytically rather than just enjoying the story. But yeah, I just, it felt more like a really, really, really long kind of, not music video, but of that style. I have to mm. give props to the uh the camera operators on this film because uh whoever got the shot where christian bale and amy adams are in the middle of the dry cleaning um mm, yes if if the, i could so just have beautiful. vision of the cameraman being constantly hit by a coat and then a suit <laughs> in the face as, <laughs> as it was coming past him so they could get that shot i yeah I, I i do yeah Th- those kind of shots were really really nice as well where mm. kind of thinking outside of the box and really inventive and i'm just seeing who did the because i literally made a note of it the other day and by the way it has a 74 percent audience score mm. so it is it's it's well liked, Generally liked. I, th- I think that the extra 20 percent by the critics is the visual mm-hmm. i of it think oh, for... From my perspective, is that audience score not just because of the cast? Because for me, that's what makes Hmm. this film. Hmm. See, I think the audience score would have been higher if this hadn't have been nominated for awards because then more people saw it. Because people, I always like note, is a film film high calibre if my mum wants to watch it, I'm like, this is not us. <laughs> my mum doesn't really go to the cinema, but she always wants to see the Oscar films because she hears about them on the radio. She's like, oh, I heard about this film. Can we go and see it? And she <laughs> wanted to see this film. So I think if it hadn't have been so critically lauded and been nominated for the awards, those scores might have been higher because less audience would have seen them, which is the weird way in which those scores are created. Um so yeah, I think when a more kind of general audience watches a film like this, they appreciate that kind of visual style maybe less. I sound really pretentious, like <laughs> audiences can't enjoy this film. Yeah, I don't. It's not what I mean. <laughs> I think it can definitely fall into the Oscar bait kind of mm-hmm. category. Like it is, 
it is a made film for award season. Mm-hmm. And you can tell very much that that is the case. Yeah. Uh, one side note before I comment on that piece of criticism. <laughs> <laughs> um, Linus Sandgren, who also shot uh, La La Land, shot American Hustle. See, so, I knew I thought it looked gorgeous. Good. That's why it looks <laughs> it so good. It makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in terms of it being award and but just before you um say anything <laughs> i just want to say that from my perspective that's not like a bad criticism per se, yeah. but for certain people award baity type films can be undesirable to watch mm-hmm. i think the thing with david russell in general is that he I, his career is is cut into three sections so it's like his debut like indie films like flirting with disaster and spanking the monkey and then there's like three kings and and I Heart Huckabees and then there's like this generation which is the fighter Silver Linings American Hustle and, and Joy and I think that when he got to this part of his career with having that that break for so long and the fighter getting awards attraction and Silver Linings getting awards attraction that he he had a kind of caliber to, to stick with mm-hmm. and I and I agree with you Alex I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing I think it shows like a a filmmaker who who is aware of his like it's kind of like Greta Gerwig now at this point is like when's the woman not going to make an awards film like both of her films mm-hmm. have gone through award season and it's like it's sort yeah, of an unfair it's an unfair kind of stick to hit someone with like oh you only make awards bait films but it's they're only not taking anything away from David Russell they're only technically awards baits because of the caliber of cast he's got because the minute you look at that cast list you go well that's going to be an amazing film that's going to get awards attention but why should it be a negative thing that all of these wonderful actors want to work with him that should be a positive thing same with Greta Gerwig why are we yelling at them for having the opportunity to work with these amazing cast that are gonna get awards nods yeah I think I don't think it's like a bad thing to but like I do think that there is something uh within it that at some point you do cross a line of oh this is just too much because I Mm -hmm. I I feel like that a lot of films are because we we kind of like save ourselves for the end of the year don't we it's like November to February time we're getting like the good stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the rest of the year we're just sat with like well, we get like good mid-budget indie films in the middle of the year and like good comedies and stuff. But I feel like that is kind of like the game. And when you get to that point of the game, you just have to, you're expected to keep bringing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And talking about the actors, I think we need to do some calling out of David O. Russell, Alex, from our findings. Yeah. So, well, I was just, something I like to do after I've watched... Um films is go on the imdb trivia page and apparently um amy adams cried almost every day on set mm. uh when filming yeah i think american History. i think that his like direction style because we were we were talking about it afterwards and we were like jennifer lawrence worked with him again is that she likes the kind of like i i hate this because i hate perpetuating like bad behavior on set because it's just not necessary if you're a good enough director there is no point there is at no point that you need to like shout at your actors to get a performance out of them but I think that that's what a lot of people use Jennifer Lawrence is like well she stayed working with him and it's like just because like it works the direction style works for one person doesn't mean it works for another mm-hmm. and as a director that's also your job to like figure that out but this is not where his like problematic behavior begins and ends he's had a wealth of 
of issues throughout his career that have built up to this point. And I know that he now is just making his next film since 2016. So it's been about five years. And I feel mm-hmm. like he does well of like, he slips out long enough for you to forget. Mm-hmm. And that if his career was as as steady as, as most people are, that they're producing films every two to three years, he does well of like escaping that kind of controversy. Mm. He skates on the surface a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I didn't even know anything close to that, like before I'd heard of. To be fair, I mean, bar like knowing that he directed Silver Linings Playbook, I didn't really know who he was. <laughs> Whereas I'm on the opposite. Famous. Because Alex isn't <laughs> The the minute you said that, I was like, oh my god, yes, I remember all of these stories, but I had completely forgotten. So I think you're you're right, Billy. You know, you you don't confront it. You just step away a little bit, just so long enough that it falls out of my my or other people's conscience. Because when the new film comes out, I'll just see from the writer director of Silver Linings Playbook and American mm-hmm. Hustle, and I'll be like, oh, I really loved Silver Linings Playbook. I'll go see that, completely forgetting this new story of three four five years ago because we've been bombarded with so many other news stories yeah exactly and I think that we're at a point now in in like well the Golden Globes just got freaking cancelled we're really at a point now of like is the is the tide gonna turn enough away because his cast is (laughs) once again stacked I was just looking at it oh my god it's stacked like he he gets the cast and I think that people are and now trying to already trying to discredit its awards run by like being like call out your fave for working with him mm. um as I feel like they they probably I do think that there's a space now in time that like if it's gonna if we're gonna stomp it out it has to be now or it's just gonna mm-hmm. escape us do better Rami Malik. <laughs> oh yeah he's in it isn't he and Anya mm. Taylor-Joy Oh no, I like her. Oh no, Mar- Margot Robbie, John David and... Washington. Oh, Mike Michael Myers Jordan was going to be in it at one point. Oh, and um, yeah, Mike Myers, Hil- Mr. Shrek himself, and Hilda Goodner is composing the score, which yeah. sounds exciting. Joker, yeah, mm-hmm. she's back. Oh, Damn it, that does sound like a good film that I will go and see. Talk about exactly. it, yeah, yeah. It just goes back. But to that's that. how they get you. Yeah, it's how that's they get how you. they get you. And I think that as long as like actors kind of play along with it and are, and are happy mm. enough to kind of breeze over certain parts of his career, then um, you know it's not really gonna it's not really gonna mm. end anytime soon. Mm. But then you know if you've got a young like Anya Taylor Joy, yes, she seems like she's already a star, but she really isn't. She's still up and coming. You know, mm. she's probably getting pressured from agents and saying this is your opportunity to get onto the Oscars stage and all of this. Is it her fault or is it whoever is funding the film's fault? Maybe they yeah, should 100%. be calling out. <laughs> I think I, I'm very tired of the narrative of like, especially female actors, because they mm. are the ones who are the most vulnerable on set. Always, like, it's mm. always like the female actor is the most vulnerable person on set or like the the people who are not paid enough attention to mm-hmm. but like it, it, there's a there's a line between knowing that something's going on and then like also being aware that your own especially when like you said like she's an up-and-coming actress like how do you I, I don't know like it's scary because you there is so like there's so much a game in mm-hmm. Hollywood that one thing and you're like out mm-hmm. 
like you're cut out like not on the opposite side of like the abuse side but from just like speaking out and it's kind of the thing now of pe- we're seeing with people like speaking out against the golden globes it's like oh now you want to say something mm. it's been a few years <laughs> but it's like what were they scared of before we don't know because we're not inside of the industry that we don't actually know how bad things really are yeah and someone's abuse is their abuse and it's up to them when they want to share yeah it's like all this pressure to like I think it it's great that Amy Adams spoke spoke out about it because she worked with him twice so Mm -hmm. I'm interested to like know if it was a like a continual thing because if so like was she facing pressure from the other side of being like you know you need to keep work because at some point you're going to win an Oscar and it could be now well, there's this also, character. There's an element of, depending on what type time in your career it happens, um, you know, I can't pronounce her name, but Kaya Scudario, um, the girl mm. from yeah. Pirates and Crawl, she spoke out recently because of some issues and she said, you know, she was invited to do fully nude auditions and she was so young in her career that she would have gone to them not being comfortable but being so new in her career thought, well, this is what I have to do and luckily her agent stepped in and was like, no, that's completely uncalled for you should not be put in that position, you should not be doing that, you won't be doing it thinking Mm. about, you know, maybe Amy Adams worked with him twice because the first time she worked with him and it was happening, she thought well this is just the way it is, and then she went on to some other sets and experienced much better behaviour and thought, no wait it shouldn't be the way it is yeah, we're all learning let me have a look at like how her because even at any point like I hate the idea that like we should be responsible for our own situations Mm. because like there's also friendship involved as in like she had probably had like some kind of bond with him at that point Mm. having worked with him before is like well maybe he's different now but maybe he's just the exact same (laughs) I don't know um other than is there is there anything else we liked about this I was gonna (laughs) I was gonna say what do we all have like favorite moments from the film. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute to think about it. What's your favourite? Well, beyond the uh, the Jennifer Lawrence lip sync for your life, um, <laughs> I really... Um, and this is a terrible moment in the movie because uh, Bradley Cooper, as his character is advancing himself on Amy Adams' character, and she obviously uh, pushes him away and is like, nah, get off me. Um, mm-hmm. But as that happens, Bradley Cooper lets out this wail <laughs> that I just could not help but laugh at. Like, it was so funny. I just, like... <laughs> and if that does not encompass, like, the way that all men are when things like that happen, mm. uh, yeah, I just thought it was a great bit of acting. <laughs> that's actually a note worth making is I think it was nominated in the um, musical comedy category at the Globes I mean we all know how well bizarre that category is in general <laughs> ah, yes my favourite comedy The Martian every time <laughs> <laughs> I quite like The Martian I do think I would class The Martian as a drama comedy Oh, I mean, no. there's some funny moments, but it's not like it's not. Don't put it in the comedy category. It was one I can't remember the example now. There was one last year that was just like what? I can't remember what it was. It's going to bug me. Mm. 
I think it is like a funny film though. Like I think when I was watching it, rewatching it, and I'd se- I've seen it a lot up until this point, but like I did find it even more funny this time. And I think it is from the watching the actors take it. It's rooted in the drama though, like watching them be so serious about these characters that are so outlandish and just make no sense whatsoever. Oh, sorry. I just remember, it's Get Out. They nominated Get Out as a oh, comedy, didn't God. they? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. That's that the one. Awful, 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 awful. Once again. Sorry, can I do? It's... Can I? Can we like rewind thirty seconds and redo? Might re- me redo that joke? Ah, yes. Get Out, my favorite comedy. It's just ridiculous. Like, I don't know what goes on. I don't even think I want to know what goes on in there their conversations we'll never okay, know so if, i never want to know anyway if we're talking favorite moments mm. we always love a man getting hit around the head with a <laughs> um but also oh my god i forgot to mention that yeah no you know what you 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 go ahead Alex. bradley cooper bashing louis ck's head in with a telephone <laughs> is just a great moment it's so good it's so Catharsis. it's so funny as well because of how it's interjected into the conversation that they're having in real yeah. time and how it kind of cuts back to it and Bradley Cooper's like oh what do you mean I didn't know I didn't do anything I don't know and then it just cuts to him like absolutely bashing Louis C.K. over the head it's just great <laughs> wonderful moment <laughs> there are so many like moments like that but for me I like the opening is just for up until it starts up until the well, from when Steely Dan starts and they're walking down the hall all the way to when he's like leaving her in bed and we find out that he's cheating on his wife with Amy Adams. Um, that like shot over the bridge when he's like, we're all conning ourselves to get through life in one way or another. And I'm like, yeah, this is so true. <laughs> um, but also the the Jennifer Lawrence, Amy Adams improvised kiss. So weird, but I welcome it. And I, I didn't know that was improvised because yeah, so... I found that very weird, and I was like, "What a weird choice!" Amy Adams, Amy Adams to decided do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They, I think he said no at first, and he was like, "No, it doesn't really make sense." Because I think that Amy suggested that um, she kissed Jennifer, mm. and then I think just before they filmed it, Jennifer was like, "Wait, what if I kissed her?" Mm. And it is like the thing of like she's leaving a mark on her as in like you've taken this from me and now I'm taking this from you mm. it is a bit weird but it, it I like it's it's the the bit afterwards when she like walks out and then she's like crying in that that guy's arms I can't remember his name Jack something mobster mobster number one, the mobster oh. number one. <laughs> um, and then like she walks out and then there's like the oh I don't know it's just really special <laughs> and the scene when they're in the um pierre hotel and they're like dancing and then they look up into the the like mirror above um like the the lobby there are just so many good shots to like enjoy <sighs> i will make a film that beautiful one day <laughs> um any other favorite moments I mean, or should I just go? On? I I do like the bit, which is why I was then like, oh god, there's so much more film after this. But when they finally are <laughs> all together outside of the hotel, and you see Jennifer Lawrence go, I know who you, who are. you are. Like that's such a good moment because you're suddenly, which is why I always think like, I think that's why I feel like the film's about to end because I'm like, ah, we've got all our players together now, and then there's just so much more after it. <laughs> but I yeah. do, I do love that bit. I do love a film where it's like you have all these interweaving parts, and then they all get thrown in a pressure cooker together. That's like the best bit of the film for me. 
a talking of... I loved it. I just loved watching her de- derail everything. And mm-hmm. She was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> talking of cooking, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's... Science of it. Yes, <laughs> and Jennifer Lawrence putting a metal tray covered in tinfoil into <laughs> it. Yeah. It's very, I've was, set fire very... to three different microwaves, none of which involved metal, I will preface, but I have <laughs> set fire to three separate microwaves in my 31 years, so I do have some sympathy. <laughs> She understands the, the struggle. The struggle there's is a, real. There's the bit when um they're on the bed talking near the end, and he's like, "Oh, um, she I can't remember what she'd done, but she told basically told her boyfriend or the new boyfriend about the whole plan, and and then and then he they like compromise, and she's like, "Yeah, well, I gave you this plan. I, this plan was all for me," and and then she's like, "Oh, what did she say?" Because my my husband turned to me and he's like, "That." is you (laughs) (laughs) it's when she's like oh you're gonna you're gonna I'm gonna tell him that that I was wrong but you know in real life that I'm right (laughs) and he literally just turned to me and was like this I need you to know that this is you (laughs) I was like that's fine I'll be Rosalind we've all been Rosalind at one point the stubbornness the dance the lip sync the lip syncing exactly the blowing up of microwaves. Blowing up of microwaves. We have we have all been Rosalind. That is the most relatable character. You don't even need to ask your question this week. Really. Oh yeah. We all relate to Rosalind that much. We are all Rosalind. That's that's okay. It. I'm that's gonna give you the opportunity to choose someone else, or is it? All... I mean, well, I'm the little kid who doesn't have a clue what's going on. It's just like, why is everyone yelling? <laughs> oh poor Danny. I'm Danny. So bad for him. I just wanted his like. Oh, I just wanted to give him a hug because, yeah, that chaos in that house. But <laughs> he was such a happy child for what was going on around him. He was just like chilling in his bedroom with his baseball cards, <laughs> minding his business. Oh, yeah, no. and he got front row seats to Live and Let Die concert as well. So. <laughs> I wonder if at any point on that set he was like, what? What, what is, is going on? Going on? Is this? Yeah, and when she calls him a sick son of a bitch. Does he actually <laughs> say any words? He doesn't, does he? Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's like um talking about when she like sets the thing on yeah, fire. Yeah, I was gonna say he he uh, just basically yeah. dobs her in her for out. setting fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he calls her out at every opportunity that arises. The, and we welcome Danny her. the silent assassin. <laughs> okay, before we do anything else i want to know so david russell says that the the, the three main themes are love reinvention and identity do we think it hits it um i suppose i mean reinvention in the fact that there's just that one little shot towards the end of the movie where him and amy adams are walking with i don't know no yeah yeah so he 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 hit his his goal as a filmmaker. Love reinvention. What was the other one? Identity. Love reinvention and identity. And identity. Yeah, suppose. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how effectively, but I suppose. Because <laughs> at some point, my thing is, I'm like, well, yes, but no, because at no point do I think any of them are in love. But it is about what maybe they think love is, and they're all pretending to be different people so i don't feel like i ever know who their actual identity is but they're all trying pretending that there's someone who they're not yeah i must say i was convinced by the romance between um 
Christian Bale and Amy Adams's character. Me too. I think Me that too. was the most convincing relationship in the See, film. See, I never... I was more convinced by her and Bradley Cooper. I felt like they... Maybe it's just that they had more chemistry. I found their scenes together far more intense and... But their relationship was more intense because it was that her leading him on. Yeah. I preferred their scenes together. Like the scene where he grabs her foot when she's on the countertop. I was like, oh, hot. Like it. <laughs> I was like, Bradley Cooper grabbed me on the countertop. I mean, he is more than welcome to any time he wants. <laughs> you hear that, Bradley, if you're listening. You have a willing suit. Listen, Brad. Yeah? No, but I love I loved the relationship between um, Amy Adams and Christian Bell. I think it is the, the centre point that if it didn't work, the whole film would fall apart. I- maybe that's why the film doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, Claire, that's why. Um- I'm just cautious of, um, so we're almost hitting the hour mark. Have we hit our Amy Adams quota? Because I feel like we haven't really talked about her all that much. I mean, you can never speak about her enough, really. Do you know what? She's too good. She's just too good. And she is in many other Annapurna. Well, she's in her. Yes. I don't know if she's in anything else. (laughs) Um, But it is a sign of her life, just generally overlooked. Even though she's one of the most like worked actors who has been in so many good things, where's her? I, yeah, she needs one right now. I just have to say, going back to the the her accent, her English accent, because mm-hmm. obviously, if you know you're an actor, an American actor trying to do an English accent, or vice versa, an English actor trying to do an American actor accent in a film, you want to make sure that that crossover is unrecognizable as possible, mm. but. What Amy Adams did so cleverly in this film is she made it kind of obvious that she was an American trying to do a British accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just found that so incredibly clever. I love that part though, because it, it's like at random parts as well. It's never just because she's with Bradley Cooper, like she'll do it with Christian Bale as well. Mm-hmm. When she's like, they're talking and she's, he's, she's like, oh, from the feet up. It's like it's always when she's pretend. It's like her comfort blanket of pretense. But her, it's her eyes as well. I don't even care what she's saying. It's just like her eyes, like tell everything mm-hmm. that you need to know. And she's always just that caliber of in everything. Give her her Oscar. I don't want to be the terrible man in the room, but oh, um, no. no, her. I just <laughs> I feel like a shout out to her, her body and the costume design because her chest in this film, like <laughs> those outfits, you couldn't not look. But like she is working those low cut dresses. She has never looked better. Yeah, apparently she chose it though. Apparently, like, um, well, as would her, I if I looked like yeah. that. Apparently he asked her, he's like, oh, are you sure you're okay with, like... The... And she's like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and, and she and worked like, it. I know. And not... I was so worried the whole time. I was like, when's it going to fall out? <laughs> and it just didn't. No, it worked. Just in general, I want... I just want them just to walk around the house in. Just the <laughs> costumes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take them anywhere, but I will gladly take them inside the house. Wait, tell your fun fact, Alex, about Jennifer oh, Lawrence. Oh, about Jennifer yes. Lawrence. Well, I don't know if this is true, so don't quote it me on it. It could be hearsay. could be hearsay. I'm not sure. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, if you're listening, don't sue me for defamation if you aren't a fan <laughs> of, of what I say you are. But apparently, Jennifer Lawrence loved Doritos so much and she would eat them so much on the set of American Hustle. 
she would uh, stain all of the dresses that she was wearing. So they the costume department had to make a number of identical dresses so that she could continue to wear different dresses. And then they would like dry clean the ones with Doritos stains on them. So she could wear them again. I mean, I just, I want to believe that. I do believe it. Is that not why we love Jennifer Lawrence? She's just a woman of the people because that is a hundred percent what would happen. Well, to me do you set. guys remember the? Uh, I don't know if you have ever seen, but when Ariana Grande was doing an impression of Jennifer yes, Lawrence, and she was like, the I'm just eat Pringles. I'm just a regular. Per- I'm just a regular person. Just a regular, <laughs> just a regular person. But so we just miss Jennifer Lawrence. I can't wait. Well, she's she's finally back. She's back. Unfortunately, in an Adam McKay movie, but we'll we'll hopefully move oh. past that. Well, what if Vice comes up on the wheel? Alex, <laughs> we won't be moving it faster then, will we? <laughs> I have to say, David O. Russell isn't as ham-handed as Adam McKay, which is a, a great thing. Okay, I do want to get like some some um, thoughts and opinions on the direction. Yeah, I, I think it works. No, I mean, <laughs> one of the best bits about the movie are the performances and mm-hmm. albeit how what we what we have learned about the way he treats his cast mm-hmm. um that you know the performances work and they hold up the film they're like the backbone of the movie so yeah for me i think and i've kind of mentioned it earlier i feel like he was always directing shots or always directing scenes but it never feels to me like he was directing a whole film so it just seems like this montage of gorgeous gorgeous shots and scenes that all really work but they don't flow fluidly enough for me to feel like it's a cohesive story We'll get to discuss him again at some point when we cross paths with Joy. Yes. Um, I'll be interested to see because I have to say American Hustle is the first David O. Russell movie I've ever seen. So it'll be interesting to... I need you to watch Silver Lining Playbook as well. Silver Linings. I think you'd like it a lot more than this. I love Silver Linings Playbook. American Hustle doesn't work for me, but I appreciate it is a, a good film that just doesn't work for me. I really disliked Joy. Claire, I can't. I'm sorry. No, so I'm really with... interested because oh, Alex seems no. to be on a similar, slightly different but similar vibe with American Hustle. Very interested to have him watch the other two because it's like oh, a top, God. a mid and a no for me. So I want to know what Alex feels. It's brats all over again. I'm, I'm gonna sorry, Billy. When you said how much you loved Joy, I was like, oh no. It just me. I think it is. I think for me, I have very specifically like attached parts of my life to his films. Mm. And um, obviously, like as I got older and kind of realized more about the industry and figured out, it's hard for me to reconcile past it being very like attached to like specific steps of my career that I can't not. So I think I definitely have like a biased outlook oh, on it. I'm the same though. I will not rewatch Garden State because Garden State is the film that made me want to go to film school and like oh. develop my love of film. And like I watched Garden State as a little pretentious 14 year old girl being like, this is art. He tries to cry and she makes him feel. And I'm dreading. I just can't rewatch it as an adult because I'm like, I don't want to have to acknowledge that maybe it isn't the most inspirational film ever made. I haven't seen it. 
it just let me look at it's look very dated and it's very um film school pretentious 2004 pretty much anyone my age who went to film school we were like garden state it's just the film <laughs> <laughs> And well, we that's all... kind of a, a good. I think it's nice though. I think it's important to have those things that, especially if you're like ever struggling, because this industry is a, it's a mean one. So if you have something to go back, like I just, I like, I hadn't watched American Hustle in a really, really long time, and I watched it again to like record this, and it just from my, I just shot the first like five scenes of I Love You Guys, and I was like, oh, this makes like my heart so happy mm. because now it like connecting it back Full to like those circle moments. moment <laughs> literally it felt like that because I, I I don't remember I don't think I watched it at all last year I, I might have watched it the year before that but having that moment of being like wow like how however many years ago how many years ago eight years ago I saw that and now it's like wow just things have changed <laughs> anyway oh. that's my um fan club i'll be expecting to see the picture of uh, a t-shirt with david russell's face on it um i think Uh, i would maybe not i'm gonna have to (laughs) well i think i feel like at this point like i have accepted that to be critical of the things that he has done and just disconnect from that part of it and just like but i Mm. i hate the whole like oh detach the art from the artist because you can't because they're so connected to it mm. yeah <laughs> and i think every single time like every single week we're learning about someone in the industry that we like love and respect and admire and it's just like having it ripped away from you yeah. it's like how do we how do we know where to track those people because it's just such a cross line nowadays that mm. it basically may as well be everyone at this point yeah every man i think it must be i don't know <laughs> That's sad. I mean, I, we like to think that there's good, there's good, there's definitely good guys. There's Barry Jenkins, and we will hold oh, on to Barry Jenkins. We will hold on to Barry Jenkins. We'll hold on to Barry Jenkins, and 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 we'll we'll grow from there. The new like, the new age of directors, yes. new Hollywood, love- the indie up and comers, they will restore <laughs> the goodness. Anyway, do we have any closing? any things you haven't said that you would like to get off your chest i think i'm i think i'm all american hustled out all hustled out (laughs) no same and i'm sorry i didn't like it more but it is very pretty yeah the worst film with the word hustle in it i have seen in the past 10 years no i'm joking okay right i mean what other films (laughs) what other films are there well there's there's hustlers (laughs) there's um the real the, the one with uh, Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson, although I've not seen that, so... Oh, that's meant oh, to be dreadful. Hustle. That's meant that to be was, really bad. That was a choice. <laughs> that one was a choice. <laughs> oh, The Hustle. The it's hustle. on Netflix if you want to watch it now. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that is you just going through Netflix, Alex. Is you like, <laughs> no, no. Trial of the Chicago 7, no. Mank, no. <laughs> Ugh, Mank. Oh, oh no! Thank you, Claire. Thank you. Right, let's shut this down. No, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Cancel. We'll edit this one out. I'll edit that bit out. We um, need to. Um, yeah. So spin the wheel. No, we don't. We're not on that. But yeah, yeah. I thought we had to, you know, do the do the connection. Oh, okay. Yes. So 
the the whole point of the Annapurnaverse podcast is that we are connecting films back to each other so that they live inside of the Annapurnaverse. Now we're struggling on this one. We are having... American Hustle and Missing Link. Maybe we should also ask the audience, the audience what they think about a connection. Because Claire has not seen... Claire is Missing Linkless. I have a missing, missing mild link. phobia of certain types of stop motion animation, so I uh, just don't want to... I'm avoiding it because... Maybe watch it with your eyes closed. Because it's, it's a good message. It tends to be either motion or hair. So Missing oh. Link is a Yeti. So I was, uh, feel mm. like there's some hair going on it's there. It's a bit too far for you. Okay. It, yeah, it, it, it is in some sense of the word. Yeah, definitely. Well, we don't really pressure you. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, must, let you get I, will, I will say that hair isn't the thing that's connected. Although it could be. Could hair it could be, be the, the connection? The comb-overs. The comb-overs. Um, is, is Christian Bale's comb-over some special kind of yeti hair? Yeti fur? <gasps> Claire, you've done yeah. it. You don't even know what Claire, Missing Link is. We've a connection. My accidental phobia after having a nightmare at three years old has solved <laughs> all of this. <laughs> Full circle. I feel like that's actually a good connection. He had it shipped over. Yeah. Next, no, They went back to America, didn't they? Yeah, they, they... Oh, no, they went to the UK. No, they're in London, yeah. So he had it shipped over from, from the UK. From London. Yeah. Royal banking connections in London. Mm-hmm. Yes, there you go. Okay, well, there you go. We've done it. We've don't done say it. we don't try. We have done it. If you have a better connection, though, do let us know Twitter. on Twitter. At Annapurnaverse on Twitter. Yes. Okay, now <laughs> to find out my favourite part. Let's hope it's Joy so we can do a, a double bill. Double, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, before... It's not going to be now because I said it out loud. Before we move on to that, though, although... Claire, you may have already made it perfectly obvious that you are a massive fan of uh, Hustlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other oh, Annapurna yeah. films are you a fan of? So, uh, Booksmart, which I oh, know you've already course. covered, loved that film. Um, yeah. That so I've mentioned on Brat's episode that Billy came onto my podcast. It's an almost perfect film if they just had cut out two scenes. Um and oh, yeah, then didn't like the teacher, connection. the teacher romance. Yeah, for yeah. such a progressive new film, it just felt like a really old school storyline that yeah. I don't think Fair. added much um, but love everything else about it, what a brilliant debut what a cast, what what a script um, so good Hustlers again, yep, absolutely loved Hustlers, didn't expect to and it just, it, that's become a weird comfort film for me um, and then the other one which is a new one which I've only seen once but I'm desperate to give it a rewatch is Cajillionaire that came out last year I just oh I love Kajillion. I yeah it just got me it really really got me and like I think the, the thing that sold me on it is I won't spoil it but there's a scene where we see the main character have her hair brushed and that scene just broke me inside I just oh I, it was wonderful uh, we'll cut this out of the episode but I just want to say Claire when you were talking about the leak in your uh, <laughs> that, ceiling the before. Big pink thing. All I could think about was the leak from Cajillionaire in the. <laughs> yeah, that's nowhere all. near that bad. Obviously, not that, that but, but that's what I was envisioning. <laughs> no, not that bad. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Well, I think it's time that we span Spin the, wheel. the wheel. It's happening. What's what do you want, wheel? Billy? 
I'm not saying it because last time I didn't say anything and I got what I wanted. Oh, what do you want? I want, I want it to be her so that you can do an Amy Adams double bill. There are so many people who want to talk about her that I'm actually scared to get to that episode because <laughs> I don't want to have to choose. <laughs> okay. I said we have to do like a live podcast with everyone who wants to talk about it. Yeah, so many right. people want to talk about that film. Um, it's a great film. It is a great one. Well. What we got? We have got... Annapurna Pictures' first ever feature oh. film, Lawless. Oh, that's a Jennifer mm. Lawrence one, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's not. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, no? Tom Hardy, Gary Oldman, Jessica Chastain, Guy Pearce. Oh, I think this is the one uh, of the ones we were not looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never seen it, so I wouldn't know. I've also never seen it, but it's on Netflix if you'd like to watch it and um, watch. I think we actually have a request for someone who wants to talk about this. So it can't, you know, I'm sure it's great. And we've got I mean, fans. I'm not going to turn my nose up at some Tom Hardy action. Jessica Chastain, <laughs> what a babe. Jessica true, Chastain true. too. So there we go. Yeah, that is, this the, is the next film. This is the second one that I've seen. I've not seen. I hadn't seen Missing Link. That's and interesting. Now I haven't seen this. So really it's going like a, a in a pattern. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Okay, indeed. well, join us in two weeks. Time. For Lawless. Yeah, I feel like it's interesting as well because it's the very beginning of Annapurna Pictures. Yeah, we should have really started there, but we wanted to be chaotic and chaotic. I love the chaos. That's all we. Yeah. The wheel, wink, wink, wanted to be. Chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> the wheel is real. The wheel is real, okay? Yeah, um, it is. So before we... It actually is, though. People are going to think it's not. It really is real, I promise. <laughs> it is a real thing that we do every week. Before um, we leave, Claire, promo yourself. Shout oh. yourself out. Give yourself a bit of love. Oh, God. And we'll amplify you. God, I'm suddenly having therapy flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself some love. Shout yourself up. Um, I'm Claire. Um, I co-host a podcast called W Rated, where we are watching the uh, hundred, the bottom one hundred films on IMDb. Both Alex and Billy have both already come on and guested. Um, a great time. Top-notch podcastery, if I do say Such so myself. Such a great podcast. If you're not. I'm sure everyone has already listened to it. But I really haven't. <laughs> I really like that Billy, me and you thought, and when Alex came on, Alex and Daisy thought. So. <gasps> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe Daisy will come on for an Annapurnaverse special. And, and she'll agree with you and not Alex. Yeah. I'm ready for that it. Yeah. There we go. Um, so yeah, that's that. I occasionally do some film writing. I've not been doing very much at the moment, um, but you can, once this comes out, my, you can find me on Twitter at Claire Ellen Hope, Claire without an I. And if I've written anything, it will be there. Yeah. yeah. And we'll link it so that you know where to go. And hype up the W rated. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us, Claire. And until next time, see you in the Annapurnaverse.